So, Squirrel will say something about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. he will. He will. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. I get to go have lunch with my daughter and granddaughter today, so I'm looking forward to that. And hope you're having a good week. Man, I did not want to get up this morning. Snoozed the alarm twice. Did not want to get out of bed at all. Was having a weird dream. And uh, you know, you're deep in that, that REM sleep. It's hard to wake up. And I was. Can't remember anything about the dream now. It was some kind of cross between a science fiction convention, a restaurant, and church camp. Yeah, go figure. It was strange. Um, but was having a good time. And and a wedding. Yeah, there was I was at somebody's wedding too. Weird. Strange. All the same event. I you know, these dreams don't make any sense at all. But there it was. All right. Well, Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast community. You can head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org and check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are sure to find something worth listening to. Over 50 doctrinally sound podcasts covering a wide variety of subjects. Um, so head on over there and check that out. And we are reading through the entire Bible in the Legacy Standard Bible Translation this year. And our scripture reading today is Jeremiah 43 and 44. Jeremiah 43, 44, and 46. They're still jumping around in Jeremiah. Um, and 2 Peter 1. So that's our scripture for today. And then I want to talk about uh, a law that was passed last year in Arkansas that's uh, now being litigated in the courts. And it's an Arkansas law that bans transgender treatment for minors. And it's, it's an important law, and so we're going to talk about that um, in the hopes that it will indeed be upheld by the courts. Now, my understanding is, as you can imagine, the left is trying to have such a law overturned. Hmm. Coffee. See my, my RC scroll, what's wrong with you people mug? Yes. So the left is trying to have this law overturned, which, as you can imagine, but the law bans um, puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy and gender reassignment surgery for minors. And they're being sued by a couple of doctors, a few parents of quote-unquote transgender children because they're being denied quote-unquote necessary treatment. And joining the lawsuit is, of course, liberal organizations like the ACLU. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. So let us begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession 
from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So now Jeremiah chapter 43. But it happened that as soon as Jeremiah, whom Yahweh their God had sent, had finished speaking to all the people all the words of Yahweh their God, that is, all these words, Azariah the son of Hoshaiah, and Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are speaking a lie. Yahweh our God has not sent you to say you are not to enter Egypt to sojourn there. But Baruch the son of Neriah is inciting you against us to give us over into the hand of the Chaldeans, so they will put us to death or exile us to Babylon. So Johanan the son of Kariah and all the commanders of the military forces and all the people did not listen to the voice of Yahweh to stay in the land of Judah. But Johanan the son of Kariah and all the commanders of the military forces took the entire remnant of Judah who had returned from all the nations to which they had been banished in order to sojourn in the land of Judah, the men, the women, the little ones, the king's daughters, and every person that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahakim, and grandson of Shephan, together with Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch the son of Neriah. And they entered the land of Egypt, for they did not listen to the voice of Yahweh, and went in as far as Tapanes, then the word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah at Tapanes, saying, Take some large stones in your hand and hide them in the mortar in the brick terrace, which is at the entrance of Pharaoh's house in Tapanes, in the sight of some of the Jews. And you will say to them, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to send and get Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I am going to set his throne right over these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his canopy over them. And he will also come and strike the land of Egypt. Those who are meant for death will be given over to death, and those for captivity to captivity, and those for the sword to sword. And he shall set fire to the houses of the gods of Egypt, and he will burn them and take them captive. So he will wrap himself with the land of Egypt as a shepherd wraps himself with his garment, and he will depart from there safely. He will also shatter the sacred pillars of Heliopolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the houses of the gods of Egypt he will burn with fire. Chapter 44. The word that came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, those who were living in Migdal, Tepanes, Memphis, and the land of Pathros, 
saying, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, You yourselves have seen all the evil that I have brought on Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah, and behold, this day they are a waste place, and no one lives in them, because of their evil which they did, so as to provoke me to anger, by continuing to burn incense and to serve other gods whom they had not known, neither they, you, nor your fathers. Yet I sent you all my slaves, the prophets, rising up early and sending, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing which I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ear or turn from their evil, so as not to burn incense to other gods. Therefore my wrath and my anger were poured out and burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. So they have become a waste place and a desolation as it is this day. So now, thus says Yahweh, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, Why are you doing great evil against yourselves so as to cut off, cut off from you man and woman, infant and nursing baby, from among Judah, leaving yourselves without remnant, provoking me to anger with the works of your hands, burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you are entering to sojourn, so that you might be cut off and become an imprecation and a reproach among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the evil of your fathers, the evil of the kings of Judah, and the evil of their wives, your own evil and the evil of your wives, which they did in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? But they have not become contrite even to this day, nor have they feared nor walked in my law or my statutes, which I have put before you and before your fathers. Therefore, thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to set my face against you for your evil demise, even to cut off all Judah. And I will take away the remnant of Judah who have set their face on entering the land of Egypt to sojourn there. And they will all meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword and meet their end by famine. Both small and great will die by the sword and famine. And they will become a curse an object of horror, an imprecation, and a reproach. And I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence. So there will be no one who escapes or any survivors for the remnant of Judah who have entered the land of Egypt to sojourn there, and then to return to the land of Judah to which they are longing to return alive, for none will return except a few who escape." Then all the men who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods, along with all the women who were standing by as a large assembly, including all the people who were living in Pathos in the land of Egypt, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of Yahweh, we are not going to listen to you. But rather we will certainly carry out every word that has proceeded from our mouths by burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves our fathers, our kings, and our princes did in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food and were well off and saw no evil. But since we stopped burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have met our end by the sword and by famine. And, said the women, when we were burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and were pouring out drink offerings to her, was it without our husbands that we made for her sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, to all the men and women, even to all the people who were answering him with such a word, saying, As for the smoking sacrifices that you offered in the cities of Judah, 
and in the streets of Jerusalem. You and your fathers, your kings and your princes and the people of the land, did not Yahweh remember them and did not all this come upon his heart? So Yahweh is no longer able to bear it because of the evil of your deeds, because of the abominations which you have done. Thus your land has become a waste, an object of horror, and an imprecation without an inhabitant as it is this day. Because you have burned incense and have sinned against Yahweh and have not listened to the voice of Yahweh or walked in his law, his statutes, or his testimonies, therefore this evil has befallen you as it has this day. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, including all the women, Hear the word of Yahweh, all Judah who are in the land of Egypt. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, As for you and your wives, you have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled it with your hands, saying, We will certainly perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings to her. Go ahead and establish your vows and certainly perform your vows. Nevertheless, hear the word of Yahweh, all Judah who are living in the land of Egypt. Behold, I have sworn by my great name, says Yahweh, Never shall my name be called upon by the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As Lord Yahweh lives. Behold, I am watching over them for evil and not for good, and all the men of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will meet their end by the sword and by famine until they are completely consumed. Those who escape the sword will return out of the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, few in number. Then all the remnant of Judah who have gone to the land of Egypt to sojourn there, will know whose words will be established, mine or theirs. This will be the sign to you, declares Yahweh, that I am going to punish you in this place, so that you may know that my words will be surely established against you for evil. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I am going to give over Pharaoh Hophra, king of Egypt, to the hands of his enemies, to the hands of those who seek his life, just as I gave over Zedekiah, king of Judah, to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who was his enemy and was seeking his life. Now chapter 46. That which came as the word of Yahweh to Jeremiah the prophet concerning the nations, to Egypt, concerning the military force of Pharaoh Necro, Necho, king of Egypt, which has by the Euphrates River and Carchemish, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, struck down in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Arrange the shield and large shield and draw near for battle. Harness the horses and mount the steeds and take your stand with helmets on. Polish the spears, put on the scale armor. Why have I seen it? They are shattered. They are drawing back and their mighty men are crushed and have fled to refuge without facing back. Terror is on every side, declares Yahweh. Let not the swift man flee, nor the mighty man escape. In the north, beside the river Euphrates, they have stumbled and fallen. Who is this that rises like the Nile, like the rivers whose waters toss about? Egypt rises like the Nile, even like the rivers whose waters toss about. And he has said, I will rise up and cover that land. I will surely cause the city to perish as well as its inhabitants. Go up, you horses, and drive madly, you chariots, that the mighty men may go forth. Ethiopian put, who seize the shield, and the Lydians, who seize and bend the bow. Indeed, that day belongs to Lord Yahweh of hosts, a day of vengeance, 
so as to avenge himself on his adversaries, and the sword will devour and be satiated, and drink its fill of their blood. For there will be a sacrifice to Lord Yahweh of hosts in the land of the north by the river Euphrates. Go up to Gilead and obtain balm, O virgin daughter of Egypt. In vain have you multiplied remedies. There is no healing for you. The nations have heard of your disgrace, and the earth is full of your outcry. For one warrior has stumbled over another, and both of them have fallen down together. This is the message which Yahweh spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to strike down the land of Egypt. Declare in Egypt, and cause it to be heard in Migdal. Cause it to be heard also in Memphis and Tapanes. Say, take your stand and get yourself ready, for the sword has devoured those around you. Why are your mighty ones thrown down? They do not stand because Yahweh has thrust them down. They have repeatedly stumbled. Indeed, they have fallen one against another. Then they say, Rise up and let us return to our own people and the land of our birth, away from the sword of the oppressor. They called out their Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is but a rumbling. He has let the appointed time pass by. As I live, declares the king, whose name is Yahweh of hosts, Surely one shall come who looms up like Tabor among the mountains, or like Carmel by the sea. Make your baggage ready for exile, O inhabitant of the daughter of Egypt, for Memphis will become a desolation. I will even be turned into it will even be turned into ruin and without inhabitants. Egypt is a pretty heifer, but a horsefly is coming from the north. It is coming. Also, her mercenaries in her midst are like fatted calves for even they have turned back and have fled way together. They did not stand their ground, for the day of their disaster has come upon them, the time of their punishment. Its sound moves along like a serpent, for they move on like a military force, and come to her as woodcutters with axes. They have cut down her forest, declares Yahweh. Surely it will no longer be searched out, even though they are now more numerous than locusts, they are without number. The daughter of Egypt has been put to shame, given over to the hand of the people of the north. Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, says, Behold, I am going to punish Ammon of Thebes and Pharaoh and Egypt, all along with her gods and her kings, even Pharaoh and those who trust in him. I shall give them into the hand of those who are seeking their lives, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of his servants. Afterwards, however, it will be dwelt in like in the days of old, declares Yahweh. But as for you, O Jacob, my servant, do not fear, nor be dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I am going to save you from afar, and your seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob will return and have quiet and be at ease, with no one making him tremble. O Jacob, my servant, do not fear, declares Yahweh, for I am with you. For I will make a complete destruction of all the nations where I have banished you. Yet I will not make a complete destruction of you. But I will discipline you with justice and by no means leave you unpunished. Now Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have received the same kind of faith as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lusts. Now for this very reason also applying all diligence in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in whom these things are not present, that one is blind, being nearsighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and choosing sure, for in doing these things you will never stumble. For in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them, and have been strengthened in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has indicated to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind. For we did not make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, following cleverly devised myths, but being eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have as more sure the prophetic word, to which you do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes by one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by the will of man, but men, being moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the collect for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
All right. Well, I wanted to talk about this Arkansas law. It's it's in federal court in Little Rock right now. The judge that is presiding over the case a while back issued an injunction that uh, prevents the enforcement of this law until um, the court case is complete. And I don't imagine it's going to stay at that level. No matter who wins, I, I see this one going all the way up to the Supreme Court if the Supreme Court will hear it. So it's going to go, it's in federal court now, it's going to go to the circuit court, you know, the, the whatever, I don't know what circuit is over Arkansas. I think it's in the D.C. circuit, but I'm not sure. I just know Montana's in the Ninth Circuit, which is the most liberal, has been historically the most liberal and most overturned district court. Um, but, uh, or circuit court. So, um, but it's in, it's in the court in Little Rock. And the law is the Arkansas Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. I love that name. They call it the SAFE Act. Save Adolescents from Experimentation. Because that's exactly what this is. There have been no studies of the long-term effects of this stuff. Um, you know, one of the, the leading arguments of the transgender community looking at the suicide statistics among transgenders, they say, what would you rather have, a dead daughter or a live son, or a dead son or a live daughter? Saying so if your son says he's a girl, then, you know, Treat him like a girl, otherwise he'll commit suicide, blah, blah, blah. That's been their big guilt trip act. Yet what statistics there are, and remember, the statistics are new because we haven't been allowing things like this to happen to children until just recently. So what the statistics are starting to show and have shown for a while for adults but are now starting to show for minors is that Suicide is much higher after surgery than before. Let me say that again. Suicide is much higher after surgery in transgender cases than before. What's the reasoning? Well, first off, being transgender is not going to make anybody happy. There are deeper psychological issues, there are deeper sin issues. The The heart is deceitful and wicked, and these people are giving in to it. And they are being deceived, and they are being told that having this surgery, taking these hormones, doing all this stuff, is going to make you feel better. It is going to make you happy. This is what you need to make you happy. But, of course, the drugs and the surgery do nothing to correct the underlying heart issues and sin issues. And, indeed, they exacerbate them. And so after going through all of this, and from the reading I have done, these surgeries are painful 
and they are never, it seems, satisfactory. The, even the, the physical facsimile of the other sex that these surgeries are designed to create, they're not, um, they're not even close approximations. And that's very, very sad. And the, so these people, they go through the surgery. It's not the results they were expecting. Boys don't become girls. Girls don't become boys. They become surgically mutilated facsimiles, surgically mutilated approximations of the other sex. But a boy can never become a girl. A girl can never become a boy. All the drugs and all the surgery in the world will not change that. And after the surgery, that's when they realize that. And so the suicide rate is higher after surgery because they've gone through all of this and they're worse off. It was supposed to make them happy and yet now they're more distraught because now they have all these physical issues to deal with. And the the hormones and and surgeries and stuff you know we we don't even know what the long-term effects of all of that is going to be but i've been reading quite a bit of of, of accounts by detransitioners people who transitioned and then decided that was a big mistake and have come back some of them have come to christian faith and now they understand that they were defying God in his creation. But others, not having come to faith, are simply realizing this was a huge mistake. And reading their accounts and reading their ongoing health problems, because these are surgeries that create more problems. These are hormones that create more problems. And even if somebody doesn't have the surgery, the fact that they've been taking the hormones and the puberty blockers since a very young age, many of them are sterile. They'll never have children. Um, and it's heartbreaking. It is experimentation because, I mean, that really is what it is. So the Arkansas, excuse me, state legislature put into effect this law to ban hormones and puberty blockers for minors for the purpose of transgender treatment, um, there are legitimate uses for those in other cases, but, you know, in, in their use for this, they, they've banned it. They've also banned gender reassignment surgery for minors. And the argumentation is that these are minor children who should not be making these irreparable choices. Now, this passed the Arkansas State Legislature in March of 2021, so a year and a half ago, approximately. The House voted 70 to 22 to pass it, and the Senate voted 28 to 7. There's the Arkansas State House of Representatives and State Senate, the State Legislature. And then it went to the desk of Governor Asa Hutchinson, who is a Republican. Stop electing rhinos. Governor Hutchison vetoed this, this bill. But the very next day, April 6th of 2021, 
both houses of the state legislature overrode the governor's veto and this bill became law. And then lawsuits were filed, an injunction was filed, and now it's being litigated in the courts. So other states are watching this trial because there are some states who will enact similar laws if the court upholds Arkansas's law. Folks, this transgender stuff that is being peddled to our children is wicked and evil. And it's all part and parcel with the sexual deviants pushing the agenda in their classrooms, the teachers that are sexually deviant pushing this in their classrooms, the drag queen story hours at public libraries and whatnot. This is all part of the push. And it's Romans chapter 1. This is the wickedness of the depraved mind that God has turned our nation over to as judgment against our nation for abandoning God. But we can pray, and we should pray, that sanity will reassert itself, that God will have mercy on our land, and that, that sanity will prevail, and we will stop mutilating our children and stop misleading our children. Um, it would be wonderful if in America we could have another golden time of morality and godliness and churches full on Sunday and all of that. Pray for that. Pray for God to send repentance on our land. And pray that the federal court would find in favor of the state of Arkansas and that this law would go in effect and that other, other states would pass similar laws because it is a unforgivable brutality that we are inflicting upon our children. Both the lies that we're telling them that lead them into this life and then the mutilation that we allow to take place that just destroys them. And so we need to preach against this in our churches. We need to, you know, we need to go after this harder than we ever went after abortion. Um, the church has a lot of um, guilt in the abortion issue because I don't think we hit it near hard enough for 50 years. Um, and now that it was finally overturned, we're not hitting it near hard enough now to get it outlawed in all the states. But we need to hit this much harder than we ever hit abortion. That, you know, and it, you know, three weeks, we got an election. Remember, please, stop electing Democrats and stop electing rhinos. Vote conservative. Even if the Republican candidate isn't somebody that you would have chosen otherwise, the fact that the Republicans might be the majority in the House and Senate again should be enough to get you to check that name. Um, you know, we're past the primaries. 
Um, we don't get a choice of which Republicans to elect. And third-party candidates have no chance of winning, by and large. Um, here and there, a Republic, an, an independent might get in. But by and large, you know, it's Republicans versus Democrats. And while Republicans aren't perfect, they're better than the Democrats on all of these issues. And so pray, pray for the election, vote, vote conservative, and pray that God will send repentance on our land. We, we truly need, we have, we have done evil in the sight of God. This, this land needs to repent. And, you know, the election is not going to halt the moral decline of our nation. Now, it's still important. <laughs> um, it's important for economic reasons and, and other reasons. But it's not going to halt the moral decline of our nation, not by itself. But it's a step. But we need to proclaim the gospel faithfully. We need to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that Christ commanded. And in doing that, he promised that he would be with us. Pray that repentance would come to America. Pray that repentance would come to Western civilization. Pray that the gospel would be proclaimed outside of the West, that, that areas that have not been historically Christian areas would hear the gospel and repent and believe. I'm not a post-millennialist. I don't believe the world is going to get better and better and better until Christ comes. I believe that the way to life, the, the, the gate is narrow and the way is straight, the gate is straight and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few there are that find it. But I also see the effect that the church has had in history. In Rome, they used to kill people for sport. You know, we think football is brutal. <laughs> no, they used to actually go after people with swords and axes and, and spears and feed them to wild beasts for the entertainment of the masses. Christianity ended that. Christianity ended slavery. Christianity has had a, a, a huge effect on the betterment of our world. Even though Christians have always been in the minority, they've been an influential minority by the grace of God. And that can happen again. So pray that God would send repentance on America. Pray it fervently. Pray it daily. Pray for kings and all those in authority. Pray that God would convert Joe Biden. Pray that God would convert Nancy Pelosi. Pray that they would not be in office long if they refused to repent. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that three weeks... From now, we'll see the announcement of Nancy Pelosi's retirement. That would be a joy to behold. 
And then, you know, maybe California would. No, it wouldn't happen. But we can pray. We can hope. Folks, God is sovereign, and he can do mighty things. Remember when Jonah went to Nineveh? Nineveh, this wicked, wicked place. Assyria, the Assyrian Empire, which was headquartered in Nineveh, they invented crucifixion. The Romans utilized it like nobody else did, but it was invented by the Assyrians. This brutal torture to death. The Assyrians were conquistadors um, without parallel. They grew their empire through the sword. They were brutal to the people they subjugated. Wicked, wicked, wicked people. And God sent a reluctant prophet to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. He resisted going. We know the whole thing with the boat and the fish and all that, that he went in the opposite direction. God had to make him go to Nineveh. He did not want to go. And when he got to Nineveh, he basically said, 40 days and you're toast and I'm happy about it. In 40 days, God's going to destroy Nineveh and I can't wait to see it. He, he, he didn't, there, there was no winsomeness in Jonah's message to Nineveh. He was not trying to win friends and influence people. He was proclaiming God's judgment was going to fall on the city and he couldn't wait to see it. It overjoyed him to think that the city would fall under the judgment of God because he hated Nineveh. He hated the Assyrians. And with reason. They were a wicked people. But God sent repentance to Nineveh. Now, a few generations later, he would destroy it. But I'd take a few more generations. I'd take a generation of repentance here in America. I would love to see my granddaughter grow up in a moral and righteous America that she can be proud of not a place that kills babies and mutilates children. So, yes, pray that God will send repentance on this land. You know, I take a few generations before the judgment falls. The judgment's coming. We all know that. The judgment is coming on all the earth. But I wouldn't mind a few more generations of righteousness and justice, and godliness in our land. So pray. Pray for sanity. Pray for repentance. And don't just pray. Share the gospel with someone today. Share the gospel with someone as often as you can. Because it's the proclamation of the gospel that God uses to change hearts and lives. And it's in changing hearts and lives that he will change our country. So be an evangelical in the truest sense of the word. Proclaim the gospel. Do you have tracks in your pocket today? Do you have a track in your briefcase that you can give to somebody? 
Do you have a couple of tracks in the trunk in the trunk or glove box of your car so that you've always got something to hand out? It's it's a good good idea. There are, you know, good websites that you can order tracks from. Check out Living Waters. They've got some good ones that are available. Um, so, you know, do find some tracks. I carry one from Grace Community Church. It's just a little card. I've got a stack of them right here on my desk. Let me. I've got a stack of Christian Podcast Community flyers, which I hand out. And I've got a stack of what it means to be a Christian. One little two-sided card. Got it from Grace to You. Um, yeah, it points people to gracechurch.org. It doesn't point them to my local church. I've got invitation cards for that purpose that'll invite people to Frenchtown Community Church. But this explains what it means to be a Christian. And whether they come to our church or not isn't the point. It's whether they come to Christ. And it's a good little gospel presentation. So, do you carry gospels? This is my, just show you my carry kit. This is my carry kit. It's New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. Obviously, it's a Legacy Standard Bible. It's the one that they were going to give out in the, uh, at the uh, Shepherds Conference that got canceled. And uh, this, this particular one was a gift from Phil Johnson, which I appreciated greatly. And in it, I have a small stack of those what it means to be a Christian card, and I have a small stack of come to Frenchtown Community Church cards. This is in my pocket or in my backpack with me pretty much every time I leave the house. I've forgotten it a few times, sure, I'm human. It sits here on my desk most of the time. But it goes with me most places. So that I've always got, and I'm not, I'm not some, uh, a friend of mine used to call evangelical muggers, you know, that slam people up against the wall and stuff tracks in their pocket. But when the conversation comes around, yeah, I'll take advantage of it. And I've got some materials that I can share. And I've got scripture that I can read. And sometimes it's just a word or two. Sometimes you can get a long gospel conversation going where you can take them through the whole gospel. But these opportunities are there. You just have to look for them. So do be an evangelical. Be evangelistic. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, evangelism is not the entirety of the Great Commission, but it's the start. You share the gospel, and then you teach the ones who respond with faith and repentance to observe all that Christ commanded. That's where church attendance goes into. That's where Bible study comes in. So, that is our mission. And folks, the mission field is white unto harvest. Pray that God will send out laborers in the field and you be one of those laborers. Do the work of an evangelist. There are 
courses that'll help you. But the main thing is know and understand the gospel and be able to explain it. That's the main thing. You don't have to be a James White apologist who can refute everything the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons or the Romans Catholics say. You know, do what I do. Give them a James White book. But you can explain the gospel. You can understand the sinfulness of man, the holiness of God, the judgment that's coming, the fact that God in the person of Jesus Christ came to earth and was born as a man under the law, lived the perfect life we can't live, and then died the death we deserve so that when we put our faith in him, he takes our sin and they're paid for at the cross and he, we receive in his place the righteousness of the perfect life that he lived. That's the gospel. And he was born again. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Judgment is coming. People need to repent and believe in the gospel. And we need to proclaim it to them. You know, need some motivation? Read Romans 10. How will they believe unless they hear? And how will they hear unless there's a preacher? And how will there be a preacher unless one is sent? So if you're hearing this this morning, I'm sending you. Share the gospel with someone this week. Share the gospel with someone today. And remember, as you go through the day, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. And whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.